This is an excerpt from my story, Down with the Sickness. A figure dressed in black walked down the dimly lit alley, staying in the darkest shadows. Several feet behind, a man crept along and pulled a gun from his pocket. He lunged for the person in black, but found himself holding only a jacket, not his would-be victim. Cursing, he looked around, and something flashed in front of him. He tried to speak, but gurgled instead, blood spurting from the fresh gash on his throat. Visit MythMart at www.mythmart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Everybody, this is my public life as an American nerd. I'm Kevin, and joining me today is the amazing, just an all-around stand-up guy, Christian. How you doing, man? I am doing good. I can't complain. You can't complain. Life is <laughs> is good to me, and I'm I'm a lucky man. So, how are you doing? Good, man. Good. Just hanging in there. You know, the holidays. You know, the holiday just passed. Thanksgiving. Um, happy late Thanksgiving to all you guys listening. Yes, uh, yes, yes. If you listen to us overseas, um, don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, you know, Thanksgiving. We're, we're thankful that you're listening. We're thankful that you're listening, and we, uh, you know, we 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 love your support. Um, and speaking of listening, um, please. Please, 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 wherever you listen to it, wherever you check out the podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, whatever it is, whatever um, network it in, it, it helps out so much. Um, and also like sharing, sharing episodes actually helps out a lot too. So even if you don't listen to the show, you listen to the first five minutes, see if it's for you or not, don't really care for it, send it someone else's way. They might like it. Who knows? Um <laughs> It's always a good thing to do. Helps us out. Helps us kind of get into the ears of more people and stuff like that. Um, so, Christian, we kind of talked about this a few minutes ago, uh, but we, I mean, we talked about Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving weekend. Always a big time for movies and stuff like that. Um, there were some pretty big releases this uh, weekend. Um, I think so. One of them just kind of fell flat, which just kind of blows my mind a little bit but we'll talk about why we think it did um but, uh, the other oh no problem bless you um the other big release this weekend was um glass onion um which we'll talk about a little bit later on in the show i got the opportunity to see it it's only it's out in theaters for a week before it goes to netflix on december 23rd um but the box office was looking pretty pretty strong this weekend um wakanda forever of course took the number one spot once again, um, still going really, really strong. I'm really happy for it. I think it's, um, yeah, it's doing phenomenal numbers. Um, now, here's the thing. Coming in at number two was Disney's Strange World. Um, it came in at a respectable number, but not anything close to what they expected it to be. Uh, you know, this thing costs $180 million to make. 
Disney, I'm sure, was Ooh. making on at least a 60, 70 million dollar opening weekend. It did far less than that at about 18. What was it? 18 million. It made I see it at 12 domestic. 12. Okay. Okay. So the yeah, 12. 12.1. Uh, oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. I see it's 12 over the weekend, but there's 18 total. Yeah, so it's 18 total. That's including okay, I see. all I of see. the previews and stuff like that. So it came out at 18. Right. right. Um, which is a bomb in Disney's eyes. Obviously, to us, it's a lot of money, but you figure the budget at 180 million. Um you know, the movie should have made a lot more than that. Um, we'll talk about that in one second. But number three, um, showing at only like a handful of theaters was the aforementioned Glass Onion. That movie actually did amazing business. Her <laughs> theater average was incredible. Um, you know, there's a lot of Knives Out fans out there. Um, and uh, I think this movie really kind of clicked with people and people were really excited to see it. Um, it it's kind of cool that it came in at number three at the box office, even though people know it's going to be a Netflix in like a month, Yeah, which I think is a really, really cool thing. Um, but that kind of brings me back to strange world. Now, do you have any theories or ideas as to why this movie tanked? Like, first of all, I, there's usually, I don't know if, if they look at anywhere between like a 40% to 30% drop next week, that's good. And that yeah. would be good, but the fact that they only pulled an 18 on their opening and it was 180 million, that's not even including marketing. I I have I have I'm afraid it's gonna end up losing money. Oh uh, yeah, for the studio, which is unfortunate. Now, Disney kind of historically within like the last 20 years has been kind of bad at marketing their animated movies. Yes. Um, all the way back to like Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons, um, down to like uh, Tangled, um, was it was just a mess for the marketing. I like mm-hmm. you know if people Brave, you know I, I think Brave was like they, co- they completely sold it as something else. And Absolutely. when you see the movie, it was like wow, wow, why wasn't this in the marketing? Um, and I kind of feel like a this marketing was kind of pushed to the back burner. B they kind of give away everything in the trailer. Um, which is like there's a huge reveal in the trailer and it's like wow like even watching it you're like why would why wouldn't they save that like that's i know that they want to market like look at this actor is in it right but like that's then just let us know we didn't have to see the the scenes yeah you didn't get a chance to see it this weekend right no no, no okay I, yeah I neither did me and my family and i think you're spot on right there with exactly what you said is the marketing right i think not only spoilers but i don't think this movie was push i don't think disney believed in it at all because you know normally at this point you know we're big lego guys right normally they'd have sets you know they'd have lego sets for this movie they'd have toys they'd have all these things pushed nothing like i haven't seen anything probably if you go to disneyland or something you might find promotional you know toys or whatever um but i feel like this movie was off of a lot of people's radars too i don't think a lot of people even knew that it existed Um, and then I also think that you also have, you know, during the pandemic, Disney was just like releasing, they were like picking and choosing what they released on Disney plus. Right. Yeah. So I think a lot of families, especially if you're going to pay 60, $70 to go to a movie, you're like, Oh, well, that's probably going to be on Disney plus. You know what I mean? So people just aren't rushing out to theaters to take their families to movies anymore, especially Disney movies. Cause they've been so used to 
just, just, getting just the, putting yeah. their stuff on. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it's a huge, um, I think it's a missed opportunity and, and, and it also has a lowest, so I'm not, I'm not even, you know, it could be just, just not that great of a movie. I mean, unfortunately, right. Which, you know, you mentioned some of those before like chicken little and like all those guys. Um, but what also struck me as interesting is this movie has a lowest cinema score than any really? in animated history Yikes. at a B at a B, which is good. It's normally, still good. Right. But everything else is a A plus a or a minus chicken. Little even had an A um, home on the range had an A and this is the, the cinema score, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, you know, they do this thing where they basically pull people when they walk out of movies and that's what's considered the cinema score. And they give them a grade from a to F. Um, and I've never been approached. I, I don't even know how that works, to be honest. I've never been involved in any of that. Um, but yeah, it's got to be, uh, which is the lowest. I know. mean, that's kind of saying a lot chicken little. And now I chicken little, I, in my opinion is the worst of Disney's animated it, movies. It was it was a transitional time when they were just getting into 3D themselves. I think Dinosaur was the predecessor before that. Right. Um, but Chicken Little is such a mess. I have so I I have my name in the credits of two Disney movies. Ooh. It's Chicken Little. Tell. <laughs> and and Meet the Robinsons, which I don't hate. I actually uh, really I actually enjoy Meet the Robinsons yeah. a lot. Chicken Little was such a mess. I've only seen it once and I refuse to watch it again. Um, you can't have a musical, you can't have like a musical montage followed up immediately by another musical. Montage. Right, right. I don't know. But whatever happened with that. Anyway, to know that that got a higher score is a little bit troubling, but it may just be because it was a different time, you know, and, and it, I, I don't know. I, again, I haven't seen, what is it called again? Oh my God, Strange World? See, Strange World, yeah, exactly. I, it is kind of also in the vein of like Atlantis and like Treasure Planet and you know other movies that they kind of buried as well. Yeah, and I feel uh, like those are very niche kind of titles too. I mean, you got the sci-fi element, you got the um kind of outer space type stuff, which is mm-hmm. you know, not it's not for everybody, you know, like I mean it's it is for a very niche and specific audience. Um Disney likes to play it safe a lot. So they do a lot of the princess stuff, a lot of the, uh, the big musicals, the, you know, like I'm a, I'm not even going to deny it. I'm not going to lie. I'm a big, I'm massive frozen fan. Like both of them, like it, Mm -hmm. I was going to have a daughter and she's into it too, but I love those movies. They look beautiful, but those are also movies that the whole family can kind of go watch. Right. They're the, the four quadrant movies that everyone can enjoy. I feel like this was targeted towards a very specific, it was almost targeted towards little boys, right? right? Like, which Disney doesn't like to do necessarily, but I feel like that's was the target audience for this movie. And they just didn't show up. None of it showed up. Um, and this actually kind of brings me into my next thing was the the whole Bob Bob Iger, Bob Chapek situation. Yes. You know, Chapek was in charge while all of this was was kind of happening, while this movie was being developed. Um, it was Chapek was kind of, kind of at the top. I don't know if he had anything to do with it. I doubt it, but I do feel like he was putting a lot of his attention on things like Disney plus and stuff and the theme parks, you know, then to, you know, focus on these, these movies coming out. Right. Um, especially the theatrical ones. Um, 
but it's still kind of weird because Encanto came out to theaters and that was a hit. You know, that was even that was during a pandemic. <laughs> so, was- yeah, that's kind of the point. I because I, like we, during JPEG's time, we had Soul release, we had Turning Red release, and then we had Encanto release. And Soul and Turning Red were kind of buried in Disney Plus. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm guessing because they're like Lin Manuel's name is attached to this. Um, you know, we we can market this a lot more than we can like soul. Honestly, I love soul. Oh, I like that. How do you market that movie? Like, here's an animated movie for creative adults. This is not mm-hmm. like what yeah. kid is gonna watch this and be like, I love jazz. Oh my like, god, dude. You know I what I mean? Away from that movie, like, what am I doing with my life? That that movie hits so heavy, and like Tina Fey's character, like that's so it's too real. Like, yeah. like like I think Dana, it was almost like too real for her watching this. Is like, like you know, because and I I appreciate that they like allow themselves to kind of touch on these subjects, but man, that's like that was the furthest thing from like I know everything everything that they make is not for kids. It's mm-hmm. you know it's it's for everybody, but this one was really like what kid isn't going to be bored out of their mind watching yeah. that like i yeah. loved it i i felt like it was for me but mm-hmm. i can't imagine like a nine-year-old like i love soul right like i don't know well, exactly and that's kind of where this whole kind of thing kind of falls apart is you know even uh jpeg you know is on record saying that basically animated movies are for kids and that right. you know adults don't want to go see them you know adults want to go put on something else so i ahead. i didn't see turning red i and i also haven't seen okay. Encanto. Okay. um but i from what i hear turning red was some a lot of people were saying was some of the best of the year like one Easily. of the best of, yeah. yeah yeah um and again i think like you just said it i think it's chapex like doesn't his to make somebody who doesn't appreciate animation the head of disney yeah it's crazy and then but then they choose to to release lightyear into theaters right Right. it's another pixar movie that they really marketed they really marketed and it didn't do very well either like it did good but it didn't do the numbers they were hoping um so it's kind of weird what they're picking and choosing to put on disney plus as opposed to theaters i Um, think they have a, a, a difficult time figuring out what like I, I think they just don't have the finger on the pulse of their fans. Like, do you think that's do Do you think that's due to the pandemic and and what they've been doing at Disney Plus? Do you think people are so used to their stuff coming on a Disney Plus that that you know people just oh, aren't well, going to the theaters? Um, yeah. but that can also play into the fandom too, right? Like someone like me, we're theater guy. We like to go to the theaters, mm-hmm. um, but the average person might just wait for disney plus you know what i mean um yeah but but you're right like it's it's it is a fan thing right it is they don't have their they don't know what their fans want i i i think you're right you're right i think a lot of it does have to do with like we've been conditioned to learn that we just have to wait a little bit and it'll come out on streaming i'm already paying enough for x y and z like i I, you know i'm not going to go to the theater you know um, and, and, you know, it, I get it. Sometimes the theater experience isn't the best, you know, like we talked about this, I think the last time or the time before where we're, we're, we're dealing with difficult people, you know, oh, yeah. at the theater that oh, just yeah. kind of ruined the experience. So it's like, well, I'll just avoid that. I have a really nice TV. I have a nice sound system. You mm-hmm. know, I can do that. And I get that. But I, I still I, this being from somebody who loves the theater experience, regardless. 
you know. Mm-hmm. I, so I don't know. I don't know. I just I feel like it's it's weird what they choose to market and really push. Even the Disney Plus stuff, like they have stuff that they really marketed the hell out of, and it was like okay, mediocre yeah. at best. And then mm-hmm. they have some like jewels and they're not doing anything with it like they're just right. it's not even on the main splash page when you open disney plus so i'm like what are you i just I it's yeah so now that you know bob Iger is back in charge i feel like bob Iger is truly somebody who listens to the fans because he he understands that they're the ones that make that keep things going like if it's not obviously if it's not for the fans buying theme park tickets and buying tickets to go see the movies and subscribing to Disney plus, obviously the company the, as a corporation would just not exist. Um, do you think things will change under Iger? Yeah. Do you think he'll have a better pulse on what the fans want and what gets released and what doesn't? Was it today or was it yesterday where he, they did like a, um, a town hall? Yes. Yeah. It was yesterday. Yeah. So I only got like bits and pieces of what he was talking about, but I liked everything that I heard. Um, you know, he, he kind of addressed the park stuff. He addressed, um, a lot of things. And I think he was like really smart about like what he was telling to like shareholders and, you know what I mean? Like to have confidence in themselves. Like he's like, you know, I, I, it's not my responsibility, but you know, I, I, I have faith in the people that I've, I've put and that I've entrusted. I, I think we will be seeing changes, uh, with this. There are some things that I think are good that jpeg okay let me take that back there's one thing that i think he did really well and mm-hmm. was bringing deadpool and logan to disney plus oh yeah uh, right i think yeah. that's something that i hope Iger doesn't go back on um i don't think he will yeah i, yeah, I don't think he will there were all these rumors that he was planning on selling disney to apple i saw that and he addressed that too he was like, "This is not something that happens overnight." So yeah, which would be interesting. But um, yeah. I was going to bring that up, but I was like, "Eh, we'll talk about it when it's confirmed." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. But, th- uh, I don't. It's just there's no benefit to Apple for that. I don't. Yeah. I don't get why they would do it. No, I don't think so either. Um, but I think you're right. I think um, Iger. I think Iger has a better grasp on what the people want. You know, yeah. what to release, what not to release, and. Um, I, I did. I did hear. I don't know if it was part of the um, investor meeting or not, or the you know the town hall he he held, um, but he did say something about how they were going to start managing like what goes on Disney Plus a little bit better, so they're not going to be putting a lot of their bigger splashier stuff on Disney Plus, yeah. uh, like something like Turning Red or yeah. even uh, in you know well Encanto had a theatrical release, but it wasn't very right. long, um, but. Um, you know, Soul, for example, you know, like like you said, Soul isn't the biggest seller, but it would have been a cool experience to see on the yeah. screen. And and I'm a I'm a big proponent of seeing, especially animation on the big screen, because yeah. I feel like it. You have to. There's all these intricate. Like I can't even imagine seeing something like I know it's not Disney, but like across the spot, you know, into the Spider Verse mm-hmm. on the TV for the first time. Like yeah. that just seems insane to me. Like like crazy because there's so much beauty in it. Um, experience better on the big screen um but yeah i do think Iger is gonna do a lot better listening to the fans and giving people what they want i think as I a ceo get- i think Iger is really good at at like making everybody happy as much yeah. as possible yeah um i think he's he's such like a good negotiator a good salesman and like he'll make you no matter what he does he'll make you feel good about it 
And I um, love that about him. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm glad that he's back, uh, even though it's only two years. Um, mm-hmm. At least we can kind of get things back on track. For absolutely, him. absolutely. You know, um, I've never seen like a, a CEO so disliked, it like like JPEG because oh, like it, people were celebrating. You know, like fans, yeah. other people in the company, other companies, like people yeah. were like, good, good. I have friends I have friends on Facebook who work like for Disney, you know, like they work in marketing or whatever. And every single one of them is like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, one of my friends, he posted Return of the King. And he's like, <laughs> yeah. Bob Iger thing. And uh, he's like, he's like, I'm going to like, you know, I like my job again and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, okay. Which is fantastic. Um, so I'm really happy for them, really excited. And, and Iger seems like the guy that they need right now. Yeah. Um, speaking of Disney, um. Lucasfilm has released the first images from Indiana Jones 5. We don't have a full title. We don't even have a, do we have a release date? I can't remember. We probably do. I didn't look it up before the show. I do apologize. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to check them out earlier this week when they released. Uh, It was kind of a big deal. Empire Magazine had teased that they were going to release something the next day. Everyone thought it was going to be a trailer. Um, Turns out the first stills from Indiana Jones 5. Um, now, I love Indiana Jones. I think Indiana Jones is great. I love the Indiana Jones ride, uh, attractions at, you know, attraction at Disneyland. Uh, even the Indiana Jones stunt show at Walt Disney World is incredible. So much fun. Um, I've loved the movies. Listen, Crystal Skull, I, 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 I didn't hate it as much as everyone seems to, um, but I didn't think it was top tier Indiana Jones either, right? So I think... That movie, unfortunately, left a, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. Um, this one, I can't say if it's going to go back to basics or not. But from what we've seen so far, I think it looks... I th- I'm excited, to be honest with you. I'm very excited. Um, I think those pictures of grumpy old Harrison Ford <laughs> in the Indiana Jones garb, I think he still looks amazing. Um, you know, even in Crystal Skull, he was getting older. Um but um, I think this is obviously going to be a swan song for him. Um, what do you think? Are you excited for it? Um, do you think people are excited for it? What are your thoughts? I hope people are excited. I'm I'm excited. I mean, you know, obviously I was I love Spielberg, but if we're getting James Mangold, right? It's James Mangold. James Mangold, yeah, yeah. Um, I, cool. Like that's almost like yeah. the next best thing. Um, I I love James Mangold. Ford versus Ferrari was so good. Incredible. So good. Like Incredible. so much better than it needed to be. God, I love that movie. Um, and yeah, I, I just I have faith that they'll they'll do this right. Harrison seems really excited about it. He seems mm-hmm. really proud of the project. Um my my other question is like, you know, like it it kind of scales in real time. So what are we in the 70s now? Like uh, 60s. 60s. Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. Mid-60s, fighting Nazis again which is what we love we love it when indiana jones fights the nazis as they should be Um, yeah i think in uh, crystal skull is the russians right Mm -hmm. Uh, right Mm -hmm. so that was a big um listen if it's indiana jones he's got to be fighting nazis and everyone loves to see a good nazi uh, not a good nazi but a nazi get punched yeah he's gonna hunt him down in argentina or something a good nazi punch is what everyone wants um adding to the cast uh this time around is phoebe waller bridge who is she actually helped work this write the screenplay as well oh that's Um, fun okay yeah yeah she's um so honestly um fleabag has been one of the shows i've been wanting to watch for a long time 
my wife watches it or my wife's watched it. She loves it. Um, she really loves uh, Phoebe. And uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun with her out of the cast. I like her. She seems like a really, really, really cool, you know, great actress, a really fun kind of personality to add to the cast. Um, there was a lot of, um, I think before the photos dropped, there was uh, supposedly these test screenings that happened, which James Mangold has said there have been no screenings, so don't listen to anything. But one of the big rumors going around was that she was going to take up the mantle of Indiana Jones, uh, you know, at the end of the movie. Um, and of course, that put fanboys into an <laughs> rage, <laughs> a frenzy. People were upset. Um, personally, I'm like, hey, man, like, it's cool. <laughs> it's all right. Like, I mean, she's not going to become Indiana Jones, yeah. even if she does. Like, she's going to be her own character, I'm sure. Um, and just, you know, move the the series forward, franchise forward, if there is any movement. But again, I don't know. None of it's true, supposedly. So we'll have to wait and see um, when it comes out. Um, this is a very Disney-centric episode, by the way. So we have yeah. a lot of Lucasfilm stuff. Um, and um, and we got more. <laughs> yeah. And actually, there's some James Cameron stuff in there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, even the reviews we're going to be talking about are pretty much uh, except for one of them is, is all Disney and Disney plus and Lucasfilm. Um, so I just thought this was kind of cool. So Ryan Johnson, um, he has one of the biggest movies right now out glass onion. Um, but he also, I'm sure in case I have to remind people, he also directed star Wars, the last Jedi. Um, and he's had a trilogy, a star Wars trilogy in the works for a while now. Um, he hasn't been able to work on it really a whole lot from, from what he's been talking about. He's been, he's working on, you know, you know, knives out stuff. He's working on a new show on, I'm not sure what it's going to be on. I think it might be Amazon called poker face. No, it's going to be on Peacock. Um, he's working on a show, um, but he did sit down in an interview and he did talk about how he's open to doing a star Wars TV show in the future. Um, which he could turn his trilogy idea into a TV show um, or he can work on something completely different. Um, I know we've talked about this before, Christian, but were you a fan of The Last Jedi? Oh, this is such a tricky thing. This is a tricky thing because at at its release, and there's those I I still absolutely 100% agree with. It's one of of the most beautiful Star Wars films, right? Um, And I was a big, big like yes i like this movie um i think as i've gotten deeper into star wars i have my issues um i still believe that it's beautiful um and i still appreciate the big swings i i think my bigger problem with the the sequels is no oversight like it was just like you get a movie okay now you do the next one whatever you want to do i don't care okay now you do the next one like you know, they, they needed a, a Feige. They needed somebody. Like, let's just have a big picture plan here. Like, of course, you can write and direct your movie, but, like, we got to follow. The, like, there was none of that. So I think that right. that became the big problem for everything. Um, my big issue with it was because of a specific character, uh, what they mm-hmm. did with a specific character. But that being said, I, I'm I'm split down the middle. I, I was a big supporter, and but, like, I think Dana's kind of turned me around on everything anyway anyway 
Ryan yeah. Johnson, I think, is is an amazing director. Um, second, him getting a show if if it's if they do something outside of like the legacy characters, which is the plan. I hear, let, yeah. Then let's go. Let's. Yeah. I am. I have one hundred percent. After and I'm, we're gonna talk about this in a little, little bit, but like, uh, but Tony Gilroy, man, what he did with, I just, I it's just we we're kind of getting to this point now where these big huge filmmakers are are moving to television mm-hmm. um you know there's tim burton's doing his wednesday show yeah um, you know we just got tony gilroy um overseeing this um there's those rumor it was not even a rumor he said it in the interview at um on your mom's house podcast um tarantino has a script for yeah. eight episodes yeah you know amazing amazing and like this would have like 20 years ago isn't that crazy dude like yeah. like 20 years ago like a, a film director would never ever like touch no. even though quentin tarantino did direct an episode of er and he's also right. done some csi in miami i think or the original csi i can't remember mm-hmm. um but yeah it used to be that kind of forbidden thing that no one did there was I, I think now that like you know studios are willing to put a big budget on stuff and mm-hmm. now these directors look at this as an opportunity for like really good long format storytelling absolutely you know, it's awesome it's even really ryan really johnson cool. did some uh breaking bad did he I yes he did he did that's uh, awesome i think early in season two um, before that, I, I had to actually just listened to a podcast today with Ryan Johnson, um, podcast called Smartless, one of my favorite ones, Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, uh, Sean oh, Hayes posts this thing. Um, concept is really cool because they like one person brings on a surprise guest and the other two have no idea who it is until they kind of reveal it. So they, it's kind of like a really, real like, oh, improv, that's like that they come up with those questions. Anyways, uh, Ryan Johnson was on uh, the new one and uh, he was talking about his career and he was talking about, you know, Star Wars and exactly what you said about there not being any oversight like he was talking about how they kind of created their story and a lot of it was you know he was able to do whatever he wanted like he had no roadmap no nothing there was no restraint so he wrote what he wanted to write um which i think that works to its detriment i think a little bit Mm. but um overall when it comes to that movie um i I personally, and I'm, I'm, I, I do think that it's probably the most um, focused and the most um, unique and the most um, yeah. vision director's kind of vision mm-hmm. in it. Um, a Star Wars movie out of the new trilogy, like it's the most interesting to me too. Um, you know, other. Listen, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think we can both agree, is probably the, just the worst the out of that trilogy. Yeah. Um, but I think Ryan Johnson brought something to it, a visual style. He brought a, um, even from a story standpoint, he did some things that nobody was expecting, truly expecting. Um, and I think with the new trilogy or, you know, a new trilogy or a TV show, getting away from the legacy characters, doing his own thing, I think it's going to be magical i think it's going to be amazing i think because that's the thing about star wars like i i think that's the thing that probably disney didn't catch on to right away and took a little bit is that it's so much more than Mm -hmm. like you know laser swords it's so much more than like space wizards you know what i mean like uh and i think finally we're getting to explore that a little bit more you know what i mean he took a big swing and like you know he took a big swing with with you know, and he because of it, I still say like some of the like the most oh oh f moments like mm-hmm. oh my s like 
like multiple times in that movie. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm going to spoil it. It's tall to hell right now. This movie is old no. enough. And you guys all should have seen it. If you're yeah, listening, please go for but, it. But like the, 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 when Kylo like turns the blade on, on Snoke. Oh, and then yeah. like cuts him in half. Yeah. And then it comes back and then Ray catches it. It's just like, oh, what am I watching? This is so cool. Um, like the whole thing with Laura Dern's character. And it's mm-hmm. just that silent, like, like uh, through the destroyer. Beautiful. Beautiful, gorgeous. Yeah. Like it's to me, it's like these. So to me, it's like the smallest scale Star Wars movie to date yeah. that does the biggest, that has the biggest ideas, right? right? So it's like, you know, it's essentially a, a, the slowest like space chase you can think of, right? It's just like this game of cat and mouse. Um, but I think that's what makes it so interesting. And I think that's what makes them. I was realizing this the other day. That's what makes him such a great filmmaker is he likes that cat and mouse game. He likes that kind of misdirection. He likes that kind of um, intrigue and just kind of doing things that are totally unexpected. Yeah. Um, and just that scene at the end, you know, towards the end with, you know, Luke's ghost, you know, and he's there and Kylo's like trying to get him. And like, just that whole scene is incredible. Yeah. Um, I thought that was great. Um so yeah, um, I think it's cool. I think it's great. I hope we see a series from him, um, but we'll see what happens in the future. Um, so this one's a little sad. I feel like we all need to go out and support James Cameron. <laughs> he's, he's, listen, this guy, <clears throat> Poor he has guy. enough. I don't think he's, um, I think he's struggling. Yeah. Um, and we all need to go to theaters and watch Avatar The Way of Water um, because if it does not, if it does not make $2 billion, <laughs> it will not break even and James Cameron will go broke. The last part is made up, but <laughs> the other part is not made up. This movie needs to make $2 billion in order just to break even for the studio, um, which means to make a profit, <clears throat> they have to make more than $2 billion. Um, so it, it was... During an interview, and I don't remember exactly who he was interviewing with, he was asked how much this movie cost to make. Yeah. And he would not give a square answer. But what he did say was this has to be like the second or third or third or fourth highest grossing film of all time. It was with a GQ. With GQ. And that, that was his answer. And there's only been five films to hit a the two billion mark. Right, like, mm-hmm. like, um, Spider Man, um, what was it? No Way Home didn't even, no it did like 1.9, right? Like, almost. This is gonna be a tough sell, man. I don't know, it, man. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I could be eating my words a month from now, you know. I hope I, I am. I hope I do. I hope I watch this and I'm like, this better, this better hit. Too yeah, bad. I hope so too, but I don't, I don't see it happening. And I think the five year plan. I know we talked about this last week, so I'm not going to bore everyone with it again. Um, but I think the five-year plan is a little bit, or the five-movie plan or whatever he has planned is not going to come to fruition. And as much as I, I hate, listen, I hate like seeing movies fail. I hate seeing things not work because I believe every filmmaker has their heart in the right place and they want to make a good movie. They want to make the studio a good movie. They want to make money on that movie so they can make more movies um it is a career it is something you know somebody's livelihood is a you know i'm not saying james cameron is going to go broke but, uh, you know um you know i don't i never want a movie to fail um 
but yeah, I don't know if this is going to be as successful as he hopes it's going to be. I mean, I, I just, there's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, what's, what's due out in January, you know, like not a lot, not nothing, nothing major. I don't think the, the next like big movie is, I think the next one is a uh, quantum mania in February. I think that's like the next like temple movie coming out. And that's, that's kind of a big one. That's a big yeah. one. Um, like the biggest film of this year was Top Gun Maverick. Easily, and that, yeah. that did 1.4, right? Yeah. Like, um, which is huge. And that just had long, like legs, man. Mm-hmm. That just had longevity. That also had a studio that had faith that didn't just pull it right away after 90 days and put it on streaming. They sat on that thing for what? Years. So, yeah. It was supposed to come out pandemic hits and they literally sat on it for two years. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, I know critics like I, on Twitter were like, dude, I've been sitting on this movie for like two years. I got to see it, but I can't talk about it. Until yeah. it comes out. I'm like, man, that's gotta be rough. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have to have a studio that believes in it. And yeah. um, I don't know. I think, uh, I think we'll see. We'll see at the end of December, uh, what kind of numbers this movie's pulling in. Um, yeah. Again, we'll have our conversation um, about it then see where it's headed um, and see what the numbers look like um so now let's kind of uh talk about kind of what we watched this weekend or you know what we finished and um some of the bigger releases on streaming um so i think for me the biggest one was the guardians of the galaxy holiday yes um so you you got a chance to watch it right um so we're not going to completely spoil it for the people listening but there might be minor spoilers so um just be aware of that if you haven't seen it yet it's a 45 minute special on disney plus you can do it. It's cool. I believe in you. Go check it out. Come back. Listen to this. Um, but um, what did you think overall? Um, did uh, what were your thoughts? It, it it is a James Gunn film through and through. Isn't it fantastic? Um, that but like him being a little like dad jokey. So at times there were I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, so sweet. Like everything he does has so much heart, especially at the end. Uh, it just got really 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 cute and sweet um i think i had like a, a, a oh i did i definitely did. yeah yeah um there there were times like in the middle of it or at the beginning where i was like mm-hmm, and then it all wraps together like yeah. so nicely um yeah fantastic and the music is great there's a lot of like fun new music in there that soundtrack um the old 97s who did the um that they were the alien people doing that right uh, i'm not sure what christmas is but it's Christmas time. Um, song was there, fantastic. Um, and that whole song is just great. And it just has some really, really funny. Um, we get to, you know, we actually get to like experience Cosmo's personality a little bit more, which mm-hmm. I thought was a lot of fun. Um, I thought he was a fun character. Um, I really, really love the Drax, um, you know, Mantis, Mantis mm-hmm. dynamic was just like, I loved it. Um, you know, basic premise is they go to earth to kidnap kevin bacon or i don't even want to say kidnap i want to say um borrow him to give to peter for christmas because he is after all kevin bacon earth's mightiest hero he helped save a town by dancing which peter quill did as well so they're like brothers they're like twins um but yeah i thought it was really well done i thought it was really funny i at 45 minutes, I'm so I'm not gonna lie, I really, really love these um these special presentations mm-hmm. that Marvel is doing. Um and I was thinking about this, and I know it's it's not a hot take or anything, but I do feel like for a lot of their 
not even minor characters, but even for some of their bigger characters, I think it's the perfect way to introduce them before they kind of move on to whether it's a film, a team up film or a really big event type film or something like that. I feel like this is what Marvel has to do now from going forward, like do these 45, 50 minute special presentations some of their, you know, even their lesser known characters can do it. You know, I mean, Man Thing wasn't, you know, he's not a, or not Man <coughs> Thing, I'm sorry, Werewolf by Night. Right. Isn't a well known character, but they gave him his own special. Um, and I think, I think it works better that way because you get a lot less fat and you're just getting the story, which I yeah. think is fantastic, um, which is why this works so well. There was no fat. It just right. like got to the story, um, had had its, um, really really sweet moments it had its hilarious moments and um this is going to be one spoiler that i kind of want to talk about because i think it's hilarious um what nebula got rocket um (laughs) i like i i lost it i just totally was like oh my gosh like well i guess i won't spoil it actually i want you guys to experience if you guys haven't yet but that was just genius yeah um so much of it and i just thought it was really sweet and kevin bacon was just i feel i feel like he's just a good sport about everything you know like he's he's making fun of himself basically the whole time everyone's just making fun of him um and he's like you know when he's talking about friday the 13th he's like nah he's like i was i was killed in that one too <laughs> um but i i um really loved it and i love how how marvel is bringing in a lot more dc references which they kind of did with like Eternals, right? Because they were talking about Superman. And in this one, they bring up Bruce Wayne. Batman. Yeah, Batman. Um, and I think that's great. So. That went on for like a, a minute. I was like, is this, this legal? Yeah. Are you to do yeah. this? That was good. It was great. Um, but yeah, overall, just a really, really, I feel like this is going to, this is truly going to be something that families watch, you know, 20, 30 years down the line, you know, because yeah. yeah. it's a, it's own standalone. There is some, like set up for MCU stuff in, in it so that they don't really have to do it in Guardians 3. You know, you find out there's a relationship. Yes, you know, I lo- and I love that. It's so sweet. Yeah, that was just his face when he found out. I was like that. I almost, yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, already I was a mess. Um, yeah. But really well done. Very emotional, very sweet. Um, it just goes to show that James Gunn can really do it all. Like he's yeah. this really, you know, he can make this really you know um vulgar humorous stuff you know that's just completely out there and insane and he can do the the really really sweet and Mm -hmm. heartfelt stuff just really well and there's shades of that in everything he does Mm -hmm. um even uh the the suicide squad had a lot of that with the rat catcher and her dad i just thought that's that that whole stuff was beautiful um but yeah, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is now streaming on Disney Plus. So you can big recommend. Forty-five minutes, massive recommend. Um, so since we're on the Disney Plus side, talk about Andor, man. I I, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's it's overall. my favorite show. Like okay, okay. So like, I don't know how to even begin with this. It's my favorite show that nobody's watching. And it's not even a show that I'm like, everybody watch it. Cause I'm like, I almost want to like, no, no, leave it alone. It's mine. Um, <laughs> it's so I, I, I just, I know like Greg was on here last time and was just mm-hmm. poo-pooing it to death and I respect it, I guess. Greg, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, but 
hard disagree hard disagree he said it was star wars middle management exactly that's exactly what it is that's why i love it so much because it's it's not again it's not space wizards it's like this is how it it really justifies the the actions of like why was there a rebellion like how bad it's just empire was always just these bad guys but we really get to see like how horrible the empire is and like how far could you push people into oppression when, until they finally push back, mm-hmm. you know, normal people. Um, and that's what I love about it. It's some of the smartest, tightest writing. Like I've, I've heard people say that it's slow. I'm like, you're not paying attention. I heard people say that there's like, a, it's 12 episodes is too long. There's a lot of filler. What filler? What this mm-hmm. was like, such like just clean, like set up payoff. Like, each each arc is like each three episodes was an arc so uh and every time we we go further and further and they do something in this show that i've they do a lot of like first times for star wars that you just have never seen before and like holy cow the implications of like what this means for the star wars universe is terrifying it's like absolutely terrifying and it's some of like it's I, i i I wouldn't even say this is like the best Star Wars show. This is one of the best shows of, of this year. And that's saying oh, cool. a lot because this year was yeah. like stacked. Um, so I I just, I can't, Tony Gilroy and team, like the writing, this is some of the best dialogue. Like it's just beautifully shot too. Like the, the TV shows, the Disney plus shows have started to look all kind of the same between mm-hmm. like, you know, if this is the one that doesn't use um, the volume you know they built sets. That's um, cool. That's which really cool. and and you can see it. And it just feels like quality. Like on on, just even like the framing, the cinematography, the acting. Um, Dedra, shout out to Dedra. Stellan Skarsgård. I just I can't say enough good things about about Andor. And of course, um, I I can't wait to see that next season in two years. Yeah, absolutely. That's good to hear, man. I'm willing to check it out. I just have to get around to it. Yeah, I get um, it. Eli, my son, he's really excited to watch it. And I keep on saying, we'll watch it. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to check it out. And I have heard mixed stuff about it. Um, but the, the stuff I have heard that's quote unquote bad about it is that it's very character and story driven as opposed to a lot of Star Wars, which is you know, space races and like you said, light yeah. swords and, yeah. and space wizards. Um, there's nothing wrong with that either. Like it's, right. it's, it's cool to be able to get like a very story oriented Star Wars story. Yeah. Is what Star Wars. That's what I kind of feel like the first, the original trilogy is, it is a lot of character work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there, there is action, but like you can tell Lucas was just kind of working with what he had within the confines mm-hmm. of what he had, especially with the, with the new hope. Um, and I like that. I think that's great. So I think it'll be cool to experience something like that again in that kind of um, capacity. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Um, so I want to talk about uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out, um, a Knives Out mystery. Um, <clears throat> are you a Knives Out fan? Yes, I, okay. I thoroughly like that movie. I absolutely adore Knives Out. It's still my favorite Knives Out movie. <laughs> um it's uh i just love that movie that cast is just solid um 
So this one, um, Glass Onion sees Benoit Blanc taking on a completely different mystery. Um, the cast is stacked. I mean, it's got Edward Norton, Catherine Hahn, um, Kate's, um, Kate Hudson. Sorry, I forgot her last name. I feel so bad. Dave Batista. Um, <clears throat> who else am I missing? Um, Jessica Henwick's in it. Dennis, Hen- Jessica Henwick's. Um, yeah. Leslie Odom Jr., who played uh, Aaron Burr in Hamilton, mm. Disney Plus, he's fantastic in it. Um, <clears throat> so the movie's good, but it it, it really suffers from that um, Netflix original film. Um, but so I don't know if you've watched a lot of the Netflix original films, um, but they they tend to have no oversight, right? So they tend to there is no oversight. The filmmakers get to kind of free reign of what they want to do. There's no one telling them to tighten things back. There's no one saying, hey, maybe this should be edited a little bit better. This should probably slow down a little bit, or this might just make it tighter. Um, the original Knives Out does this thing where it really just dives into the mystery pretty quickly, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know what's happening. You know what the mystery is. You just got to solve it. Um this one takes at least 45 minutes to an hour to actually get to what the mystery might be. Uh, I feel like the big thing with this movie is the mystery is the mystery itself, right? If that okay. makes sense. Okay. So, so it's, it's, you're trying to figure out what's going on and like, like what, why is Benoit Blanc there? Like what is happening here? Like why is Benoit Blanc even involved, so to speak? Um, things start to unravel um, and it's kind of this whole idea of Edward Norton's character he plays this eccentric billionaire invites a bunch of friends to an island and they decide to have a um, you know he has this big thing where he has this is all in the trailer so I'm not going to spoil yeah. anything but he has a uh, murder dinner party basically where someone's he's going to get murdered and they have to figure out what happens um, spoiler alert something happens <laughs> in real life mm-hmm. Um and then the, they have to figure out what's what's kind of going on and what kind of motivations behind everything is. Um, I don't think it's as, like I said before, it's not as tight as Knives Out is, as Knights, Knives Out is. I think it struggles a lot with, I think it wants to be a bigger version of Knights Out, that Knives Out, and you can kind of tell. Like you can mm-hmm. kind of tell they're just trying to go bigger. They're trying to go better. Um there's a lot of it that works for me and a lot of it that doesn't work. I'm actually really excited to check it out again when it comes out on Netflix. Cause I, I hear everybody them. just raving about it and I'm trying to figure out, I think I missed something. <laughs> I must've missed something. Um, Cause I really, I really did want to like it. I'm was really excited for it. And I, I kind of feel like too, that it, it pokes fun at itself to the extent to where it's, I think I wrote a mini review on Facebook, but I, I essentially said it's essentially like Scream, but this of this kind of murder mystery. So it's, you know, Scream's very much a spoof of these kind of horror movies and these tropes and everything while being, uh, you know, what it's making fun of like yeah. really well. Knives Out does that, or Glass Onion kind of does that in a way too, where it it's kind of a spoof of itself, of these kind of movies, but it also fits well into this category. Um there's a scene at the end that is just like, um, so in the first Knives Out, you know, when he like runs over to her and stabs her with a knife and you think, you know, and but it's the fake knife. Um, there's kind of that kind of scene in this movie. I do feel like it is an audience type movie you should experience with the crowd because everyone gets into it. Everyone's having fun with it. 
And once you kind of figure out what's going on, things start to unravel and people are like really into it. Like they're sitting up in their seats, like this is happening, you know, like it's really cool. Um, but overall, I think it's, um, it's, it's good. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's um, as good as Knives Out, but I think it's, I think it's up there. It's, it's still, it's still a really, really fun watch. And um, even though I didn't like it as much as, as the first, I still think it's definitely worth checking out. And um, like I said, I'm looking forward to watching it again so I can catch kind of, it was like a big puzzle, right? So like all these pieces are falling into place. I like to watch it again and see if I can catch those pieces before they fall into place. Um, but overall, um, it was good. It hits Netflix December 23rd. If you already have a Netflix, Netflix subscription, I mean, what do you got to lose? Yeah. It's, free to you so um definitely check it out um it'll be coming soon um so yeah i think um that's our show for today um christian is there anything you're like watching anything i know you just talked about andor um is there anything that you kind of want to andor just wrapped i'm watching wednesday i think we're on we just finished episode five the other night so we've okay. got three episodes left cool um it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. I, I will. Uh, Jenna Ortega is probably the best part of it. Um, the direction, obviously, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, Tim Burton, man. Um, there are some, some of the actors are not the greatest, uh, but yeah, but that happens. Uh, yeah. But the writing is tight. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, she's a fun character. And there's cool. like, it's a, a fun mystery. So. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I, we watched the first episode. Um, haven't got further than that, not because of anything, just because life got busy. Um, I really, I really enjoy it. I think Jenna Ortega, she's um, quickly becoming one of my favorite um, mm-hmm. actresses in general. She uh, actually used to be on this uh, TV show called Stuck in the Middle on D- Disney Channel, which my daughter used to be obsessed with, and therefore I became obsessed with. And it's a really, really, it's a really, really good show. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but she was, she's kind of the main, she's the plays like the middle child and she's just in this massive, like, you know, I think there's six kids, uh, it's like a Mexican household. So she's trying to kind of find her place in the middle. Um, but I thought she was great then. And then she goes on to do all these, you know, she's our new scream, scream queen, you know, she's doing mm-hmm. all these really great horror movies and she's doing, now she's playing Wednesday Adams. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the first episode of that. We actually just finished up the first season of uh, Chucky on mm-hmm. um, uh, Peacock. I think it's uh, second season's ongoing. I'm waiting. I think the finale was last week. So I'm waiting for it to come to Peacock so I could check out the second season. But I love I loved it with the passion. I thought it was great. It was hilarious. It was twisted. It was uh, just probably one of the best times I've had on a TV show all year. Um, not saying that it's the best TV show all year, but it's definitely one of the funnest. It's kind of like, you know, Peacemaker, you know, mm-hmm. it was just a really goofy, really fun. Yeah. And that's what this show is like. Chucky's just a lot of fun. I had a blast with it. So um, check that out. If you guys got Peacock, um, highly recommend it, especially if you like the Child's Play franchise. There's a lot of really cool nods to past movies. And, and uh, you know, it kind of balances the tone of like something like, you know, a bride of Chucky, you know, the more goofier elements of it, with the more grounded elements of it. Um, Tiffany's in it, you know, you have Jennifer Tilly coming back and it's just this, all these really, really great um, performers, performances as well. Um, I just loved it. It's great. So definitely check that out. Um, otherwise, 
I think that's it, you guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for checking out the show. We really, really appreciate you guys um, listening to us. Um, and I hope you guys have a good week. Have a good holiday season. We'll be back next week with some more um, shenanigans. Um, mm-hmm. I want to do, uh, we have some things planned that, that we want to get in the pipeline. So it'll be a lot of fun, especially leading up to the holidays. Um, so thank you guys for joining us. Um, have a good day. Have a good night, wherever you are. Christian, again, thank you for, you know, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Really Anytime. You. Absolutely. Um, and as usual, everyone, stay nerdy, America. Stay nerdy wherever you're at. Stay nerdy, England, <laughs> London, Australia, Africa, wherever. Just stay nerdy. It's cool. All right, guys, have a good one. <laughs> <laughs>